Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gary, thank you so much. Appreciate it. It is, you got it. You it got is, it. It is 6.35 on this Wednesday morning, December 6th of 2023. I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed, and you're listening to News Radio WRVA. We've been really fortunate these last few days to have Jordana Miller, ABC News correspondent, live from Israel to tell us what's happening on the ground there. Good morning, Jordana, and what's happening in Israel this morning. Well, there is intense fighting going around uh, in the city, uh, the eastern section of Khan Yunis. That is the Hamas stronghold, the city that sits on the southwest of the Gaza Strip. Intense fighting, we're told, uh, face-to-face combat. Uh, It started yesterday. It is ongoing. Uh, There's intense airstrikes there as well. Uh, Israel, in just 24 hours, lost at least seven or eight soldiers. Uh, so usually we don't see that number of fatalities in a short period, uh, which indicates how intense the fighting is. Uh, we do expect it's going to go on uh, for a couple weeks there. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu believes that a hard, uh, the, the sheer uh, force of the military there may convince Hamas uh, to restart talks on releasing hostages and renew the ceasefire. Uh, We'll have to see if that's the case. Hamas leaders have said uh, they will not release any more hostages until the end of the war. Um, But this is clearly uh, the strategy of the Israeli prime minister and his defense establishment. I read that there was a timeline loosely established of several weeks and possibly into January. I mean, what percentage would you say the war is at this point of progress on the part of Israel? I mean, their goal is to eliminate Hamas. What percentage of their progress do you think they've made? Has anybody assessed that? And how much more do they have to go? The Israeli army and the prime minister have consistently told the public that this is going to be a long war. Uh, You know, I do not expect that we will see the end of this war um, by January. I think there were some hopes a few weeks ago that things would wind up in time for the holiday season and the new year. I don't think that's realistic. I think, you know, Israel has at least another couple months of hard uh, fights ahead of it in the Gaza Strip. Uh, There's still hundreds of tunnels to destroy. There are still thousands of fighters uh, and that is simply uh, not not going to be 
feasible in a short, if we look in the immediate future, the next few weeks, it's, it simply is not enough time. How did Hamas get the funding to build all of these tunnels and do all of these things before this October 7th attack? Where did they get all this funding from? Well, you know, the first of all, um, Qatar, which is ironic because Qatar has been an important negotiator in the uh, ceasefire talks and the hostage release uh, talks, Qatar had been giving uh, Hamas $30 million each month uh, for several years. Uh, and it appears that a lot of that money was siphoned off to create uh, the military, the vast military network that Hamas has, which includes the tunnels and the rockets and the rocket launchers and training for uh, their fighters, etc. cetera. Uh, also, it appears that Hamas leaders, whatever money they got from the UN or the EU, it appears that they were able to siphon some of that off as well. Um, how do we know that? Um, because if you look at how complicated and sophisticated the tunnel networks are, they went to great expense to build long, miles-long tunnels with cement, which is incredibly expensive in the Gaza Strip. Uh, and uh, they were able to put in, you know, cables and air conditioning systems and lighting. Um, so all of that cost a lot of money in the Gaza Strip. Uh, and they could not have done it, you know, on their own. The economy there barely functions. And one of the reports on CNN this morning is that 61% of the homes in Gaza have been destroyed. You know, sometimes the reporting in the U.S. tries to make it seem like, you know, Israel is 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 targeting citizens in Gaza. I know you have to run in a minute, but do you have any reporting on that? Those numbers come from the U.N., um, and they, you know— the UN tends to be pretty accurate on the destruction in the Gaza Strip. Um, remember, this is the fifth round of fighting between Israel and Hamas. The last round um, was a couple of years ago, and there was a big war back in 2014. There was a war in 2008. I mean, a lot of the buildings don't get rebuilt, so some of those are, you know, holdovers. But there's no question uh, there's been, you know, massive destruction of buildings, residential buildings, uh, uh, and, you know, any kind of government Hamas buildings throughout the Gaza Strip. I mean, it has been pounded. Uh, and Israel has said any building they believe Hamas operates out of is fair game to be destroyed. Jordana Miller, ABC News correspondent live from Israel. Thank you so much this morning. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up on 641 here on this Wednesday, December 6th, I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed. So you hear what's happening in Israel with the war. We got our own problems here in the U.S. with anti-Semitism. And it was announced yesterday that a law firm, Kasowitz Benson Torres, has filed a Title VI lawsuit against University of Pennsylvania. And this lawsuit's going to be fascinating. And if you want to read the lawsuit, you can go on Kazowitz.com, their website, they have the complaint that they have filed against University of Pennsylvania. And they filed this lawsuit on behalf of two Jewish students in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia. And they allege that University of Pennsylvania, a 
prominent Ivy League school has, in their words, in the press release and in the lawsuit, egregiously violated the civil rights of two Jewish students who are specific plaintiffs in this case. They claim that those students have faced pervasive acts of anti-Semitic hatred, discrimination, harassment, and intimidation while attending Penn. In the complaint, they allege that Penn transformed itself into an incubation lab for anti-Jewish hatred, harassment, and discrimination, has enforced Penn's own rules of conduct selectively to avoid protecting Jewish students from hatred and harassment, has hired rabidly anti-Semitic professors who call for anti-Jewish violence and spread terrorist propaganda and has ignored Jewish students' pleas for protection. I talked to the Attorney General yesterday, Jason Mayores, and we talked about this didn't start October 7th. This type of indoctrination and hate towards the Jewish people did not start October 7th. This has been brewing a long time. If you look at campuses, especially these Ivy Leagues, and apparently they have already filed against NYU. They have now filed against University of Pennsylvania. They have said, the lawsuit has, the lawyers have said that they're looking at Stanford, University of California, Berkeley, where Jordana Miller said she went to school and cannot believe the anti-Jewish hate that's happening there. They're thinking about filing against other Ivies on the East Coast as well, because this is what's happened to our campuses. Can you imagine your student, your Jewish student, your Jewish child getting into University of Pennsylvania because that child is brilliant. It's not easy to get into these schools. And they get there and they can't even say that they're Jewish because they'll face this level of hate. Isn't that what civil rights are designed to stop? But we've selectively enforced what civil rights we think. And according to this law firm and these lawyers, these Ivy League schools make a decision on what they think is the right side of things. And as long as you align with that right side of things, you're going to be okay. But the second you go against that 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 line that they that they have where you know the oppressors and the jewish people are the oppressors and we can now dehumanize them because they're oppressors and so now we can do anything we want that's how all this unfolds well, once you start to go down that road it's hard to get that back and then you start hiring people who align with that viewpoint and then they perpetuate that in their classrooms and if you go against that in your in your i mean i mean any student who goes against the grain of their teacher in a report or in a document or in, a, in, in, in any kind of um, response to a test question, that professor's bias could kick in. They also allege that Penn in bias violated the civil, um, Title VI of the Civil Rights Act has failed to remedy the hostile environment on its campus where plaintiffs and their Jewish peers are routinely subjected to vile, and threatening anti-Semitic slurs and chants, plaintiffs and other students must traverse classrooms, dormitories, and buildings vandalized with anti-Semitic graffiti. Are you kidding me? There's anti-Semitic graffiti. Can you imagine if there was a, um, a, a, a graffiti that said all lives matter? Can you imagine if there was graffiti that says there's only two genders? how there would literally be a, you know, a whole-scale investigation into somebody who would have the audacity to say there are two genders. And yet, there's anti-Semitic graphic, graffiti, and that's, that's perfectly fine. That's free speech. We can't take that down. I guess that's what school is saying. I can't wait to see 
how this case pans out. And I hope we'll be following it and other lawsuits that are filed by this firm because they are not letting up. They're tired of this anti-Semitic treatment of students. And we should not tolerate that in our workforce either. We shouldn't be anti-Semitic. We shouldn't be anti-Muslim. We shouldn't be anti-Christian. This is what inclusion is about. But somehow there's one group of people that these schools have made a decision that you can target. Enough is enough. And I'm glad that they filed this civil, this Title VI lawsuit. We'll see how it pans out. It is coming up on 647 on this Wednesday, December 6th. I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed, and you're listening to News Radio WRVA. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.